Dr. Roshni Raj is the founder of Tula Skincare, a clinical brand powered by probiotics and superfoods. Applying her years of medical experience to skincare, Dr. Raj has unlocked a new door in science-led beauty. And I, for one, cannot wait to hear just how she did it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs about some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Name, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Maine has been an incredible journey so far, and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to welcome our guest for today, Dr. Roshni Raj. She is the board-certified practicing gastroenterologist or doctor of internal medicine behind Tula Skincare, a probiotic skincare range built on the belief that beauty comes from the inside out, literally. Since graduating from Harvard and NYU, Dr. Raj has been studying probiotics and the link between gut and skin health for over 20 years, fascinated by their overlap with the world of beauty and wellness. Discovering the mind-blowing results of a patient's probiotic treatment Dr. Raj realized she's uncovered a breakthrough in skin science and launched Tula in 2014. Her message of balance is something I also truly believe in. Whether it's to do with our skin, gut, mind, or body, we feel our best when we're balanced and embracing our own skin. I can already feel I'm going to learn so much from our conversation today, so cannot wait to just dive straight in. So Dr. Raj, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Akash. I'm thrilled to be here talking to you today. So I, I asked all my guests the same question. I'm going to ask you, who in a nutshell is Dr. Raj or, or Roshni? Oh, wow. Tough question. <laughs> We're just going in with a bang. Yeah. Um, I would say it's weird to talk about myself in the third person, but uh, Roshni <laughs> is many things. She's a doctor, a mother, a founder. A media wellness expert, a passionate reader, dancer, so many things. But if I had to distill it, it's, you know, I feel that I'm, I'm someone who has a lot of curiosity about uh, the world and specifically about the human body and, and how it works and what what are the keys to helping us get the most out of life. And, and from my perspective, that's really how do we stay healthy and energetic and vibrant to really make the most of our, our limited time here. And I mean, we're going to get through a lot of topics because exactly that curiosity has transformed into so many forms. I mean, you just recently launched your book, Gut Renovation, which is so yeah. exciting. Yeah, um, right here. <laughs> so, it's uh, amazing. It's, uh, and what, what is really cool is, even for me personally, um, I started to get really into, interested into the gut. Once I started learning more about it, it's one of the most fascinating things, how connective it is for the microbiome. And I didn't realize a lot of my things that I initially thought was associated to like potential allergies or intolerances was nothing of that. It was the gut related issues, right? So taking a, a microbiome test, understanding those foods are superfoods for my gut or should avoid from my gut, just kind of taking a moment to understand that got me really into this wormhole of like, gut health. So for me, I think it's still something that loads of people are, are not aware of. So um, yeah, I, I'm curious to know a little bit about sort of how did you start getting introduced into gut health? And I, mean, I think maybe it started from your own kind of, I guess, graduate, undergraduate studies as well. But yeah, was it a bit before that? Yeah, you know, well, I, I you know, my mom is a gastroenterologist. So probably from a very young age, <laughs> I've been hearing about uh, and exposed yeah. to this idea of gut health. But the truth is, in the last couple of decades, and, and even in the last just few years, the information and research and understanding of just how important gut health is, and, and specifically the microbiome, has just skyrocketed. So from the time of when my mom was practicing in a gastroenterologist to when I started my training in gastroenterologist to right now, it's just been sort of this exponential explosion of, of research and understanding. So when I, I really would say I first started focusing on, you know, the microbiome in particular. And, and just in case anyone out there's not sure what that term means, you know, I'm talking about that 
teeming community of bacteria and other organisms that live inside our gut that we now know perform very vital functions for our entire body. And if they're thrown out of balance, then we can have a lot of disruptions and dysfunction in all aspects of our health, not just our digestion, but mood and metabolism and, you know, risk of certain chronic diseases, allergies, as you said, um, immune issues. So I first really learned about that concept and this importance of good bacteria, healthy bacteria, back about 20 years ago, I would say, uh, when I was doing my training, or maybe a little longer, 25 years ago, doing my training as a gastroenterologist. And this was a very new, nascent concept at the time. We had just started to learn about Actually, there are some good bacteria. Not all bacteria are bad. You don't have to kill everything with an antibiotic as soon as you find it. And in fact, as I'm sure you're aware, we've now the pendulum has really swung the other way in terms of antibiotics and knowing that we really have to use them sparingly because the overuse is causing so many problems, um, both as a society and, and individually. So I first learned about this concept of microbiome and it just fascinated me and I became really sort of obsessed with it and, and passionate about it. And But again, it was a very early time in, in the science around microbiome. So I kind of followed it along the years and saw how, you know, not only now are we learning that it affects digestion, but if it can affect immunity, that was kind of the next big breakthrough in microbiome science. And then as I was following it in my own clinical practice, you know, gut health became a much more sort of mainstream um, concept and people started taking care of their gut and eating probiotic foods or actually taking probiotics. I noticed that my own patients who were doing that, not only were they feeling better from a digestion standpoint, but they were starting to notice changes in their skin or I even noticed changes in their skin uh, where they were having clearer skin or more hydrated skin. And I just had this moment of, you know, this is a connection that I don't think people are really talking about or thinking about. And, you know, for years, patients have been telling us, doctors, especially internal doctors, you know, I feel like if my digestion's off, my skin starts to break out or my skin has issues. And we always kind of poo-pooed it as like, no, there's really no connection. That's probably in your mind, you know. And now we know that they were right and we were wrong. There is a very direct connection to in terms of what you put in your body, what you're eating and how balanced things are in terms of your internal health and what manifests on the outside and specifically your skin and even your hair, as, as I'm sure you found as a founder of a hairline. So so that was this aha light bulb moment for me where I really wanted to look into this connection more and see what research was out there. And this is now, you know, over 10 years ago. And there was at that time some very interesting early research showing that Yes, these healthy bacteria actually do play a big role in your skin health and your skin appearance and wrinkle formation and redness and irritation. And not only internally taking in healthy bacteria, but topically applying probiotic extracts to the skin could have major benefits. And when I looked around at the kind of commercial beauty offerings out there, nobody was talking about it. So I was really excited. You know, in medicine, you don't often get a chance to do something new, um, you know, and I certainly wasn't discovering the cure for cancer, but I thought it was a pretty cool concept and I wanted to bring it to the world. So Tula was born and, and yeah. I kind of want to know, I obviously um, I know the meaning of Tula in Sanskrit, but can you let everyone know what Tula means? Yeah. So Tula means balance in Sanskrit, as you said, and it's a very um, sort of important concept to me in my, in my entire life, you know, keeping balance with your work-life balance, with your mental balance, with your physical balance, you know, and and so that's why I felt it was the perfect uh, name for a skincare line that's really not talking about just looking good, but really keeping, you know, internal and external balance and, and giving you confidence so that you can sort of face the world with a very balanced perspective. Um, and so I just, I just love the name and, you know, and it was short, it was four letters. It seemed like a really perfect name <laughs> for a new brand. And, and this was in 2014 that the brand started, but tell us a little bit about that, that kind of lead up first um, and how you kind of got started. Cause a lot of people today are, maybe they have an idea, but you know, it's, it's hard to put it down into actual reality, especially if you have, um, you know, you had another a job, you, had, you were a doctor, so it's hard to necessarily be like, okay, let me put that time aside yeah. 
to dedicate to building? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and it's never easy, no matter how you do it. Um, I will say, you know, on the one hand, it was definitely challenging having a medical practice. I was also doing a lot of media work as a wellness, you know, expert. I, I had written a book. And so I was definitely very busy. I had two young kids. But on the other hand, I kind of liked the fact that I had um, another career and a fairly stable knock on wood career. And I think that gave me the sort of courage to take a risk. Um, I wasn't sort of putting everything on the line because I knew I had a fallback, pretty good fallback option. So I think that gave me the confidence to to start something new. Um, and not everyone has that option, I understand. But I, I'm, you know, I sometimes I talked a lot to young entrepreneurs or would be entrepreneurs. And I, I do say, you know, you don't always have to give up your day job. You know, sometimes it makes sense to keep your day job because, that keeps some money in the bank and, and, you know, it gives you a little bit more flexibility and, and freedom to take some risks. But I think the other really key element that certainly for me was finding the right people to really partner with and, and help me start and grow because, you know, I was and still am a doctor. I, I was not a businesswoman. I never went to business school. I never thought I would start a business. You know, I had written a, a book and that was the first time I created any sort of physical thing that people would have in their house. And, and I, I was wanting to start a new business, but to, you know, figure out how to go about it and, and find the formulators and find, you know, the right packagers and distributors, that would have been a lot, uh, very overwhelming if I hadn't met the right partners and, and people who really had a lot of experience in the beauty world. I had a partner who was a very seasoned beauty person as well as an e-commerce person. And and so I think really finding the right people, we also just got along really well. And, you know, that's that's not easy to do to find those people. But for me, especially, and especially because I had other things going on, it was key. So that's really how we started out. And then in terms of the first product range, because obviously now you have an army of incredible skincare and, and other products, but what did it start with? What was your hero? Product? Yeah, so we started with just a core line of, of four SKUs. Um and we, you know, and I, I did want to start with four as opposed to just one, because I did want to get a very, very small, but ritual regimen. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we had, um, and we still did, actually, this is one of our number one products, our cleanser, which we absolutely love. It actually, you know, we started in 2014. It's now the number one prestige cleanser in the US, which just blows my mind completely. <laughs> but it was just an amazing journey. Um, we have our day and night hydrating cream and we had our serum, our illuminating serum. And, and then we had an eye cream as well. So we had those four products and then as sort of a fifth skew, we had uh, a kit for, you know, mini versions of that. What did you find was, I guess, one of the most challenging parts at the beginning? Was it the product? Was it the marketing? Cause yeah, we kind of, once you start, you don't realize until you actually are selling those hurdles start coming into the, into the field. Like for me, I can tell you it's operations and logistics. I mean, having a brand born in the pandemic yeah. is not easy <laughs> anyway, but uh, I, I just super underestimated that. I was like, Oh wait, like these are the shipping costs. So my cost of goods are now this yeah. or wait, you're selling me it's uh, three months delayed or, and I can't make my products. And how can I get this raw ingredient in yeah. time? So yeah. So what was some of your first hurdles? Yeah, I think, um, I think almost every fan, I just had coffee with a founder a couple of days ago who had a very similar three month delay because yeah. the packaging from China came totally wrong and you had to send it back. So I think exactly. we all have stories like that. And, and we had stories like that as well early on where we were about to uh, do a big launch and, you know, the label was wrong. And, and one of my, my partners yeah. had to go to the factory and personally relabel, like, you know, thousands of bottles. But anyway, I would say more, the bigger challenge was, you know, getting getting the word out, marketing really, and getting the message out because you know we we spent a lot of time on formulation, um, but you know we I think yeah. we did it in a very thoughtful way, and and we came up with what we thought were and still are fabulous products. But you know, you're getting into such yeah. a crowded market where there are just new brands all the time and very established brands that people don't want to switch necessarily their skincare regimen that they've been using for years. So really getting the word out. And, and I think for us in particular, probably the biggest challenge was really explaining this idea of probiotic skincare because it was new. I mean, yeah. people barely knew what probiotics were for internal health. They were starting to get to know it, but they certainly didn't make a connection with the skin. 
And this kind of idea of, you know, a gastroenterologist starting a skincare brand, a lot of it required education. And that's really what uh, I think was our biggest challenge in the beginning. And just talking about that, because I think that's a really, really helpful part, especially for, I'm asking this for me selflessly, because I'm like, um, when I, when we've got Ayurveda, right? And the, the, the thing is, we've often been told that like we're the first Ayurvedic brand that's for the, especially the, the hair care brand more so even. And, um, we've been told to dumb it down or shy away. It's too hard to educate. And, and especially today, you live in this very ephemeral society, right? Three seconds, five seconds, even a shelf strip. If you don't have like, you know, for you, maybe it was like, okay, we had to put probiotic on a shelf strip in store, but then would the consumer know what that is? Is that a lost sale opportunity? What advice would you give to founders creating something that's potentially new in their field? Doesn't mean it's new in the industry, but you know, new in, in their product and how to kind of cut through the, the you know, that hurdle, I would say, of it will take time and educate. Yeah, I think, well, first of all, finding some creative ways to educate. So whether that's through, you know, video tutorials on TikTok or Instagram, I think influencers are a great way um, these days to really have your message spread, you know, other people kind of explaining because in that model, you know, maybe people don't, when they go to a store, want to read a, you know, 30 minute <laughs> explanation, but mm. they may listen, you know, to their favorite influencer talk for 10 minutes about something or so. Um, but I think what you, you know, pointed out, which I think is very important is really trying to figure out what matters to your customer. And I, I think for most of us, you know, at the end of the day, the most important thing, well, pretty much for any business, any brand is do the products work. So first and foremost, really owning in on your formulations, testing as much as you can, you know, and it's very expensive, obviously, to do real clinical trials on products, but yeah. you, there are less expensive and very effective ways, you know, just with your customers and you can get 20 or 50 people to, you know, try your product and write some feedback, put that on your website, because at the end of the day, that's what's going to make people buy your product again. You can have the biggest story in the world. And if they try it and it doesn't really give them results, they're not going to come back. So I, you know, as a scientist, as a doctor, I was all excited to talk all about probiotics and the science and have it all over our website. But we learned early on that our, our customers were not as interested in that as results. And so, you know, we, we have it there yeah. on the site. So if anyone is interested and wants to dig deeper, it's absolutely there. But it's not something that we necessarily yeah. lead with all the time because it's people really want to see, you know, 90% of women felt that their skin was more hydrated after two weeks. Exactly. And, and then even visually yeah. see it, right? Like the before and after images, which again, you could do with even in, like, even for us, um, we, we've done clinicals with our hero product because that product has, you know, in, in simple terms has done enough revenue to warrant that six figure investment in yeah. clinicals, which it's, it's six figure sure. plus, right? You can even spend millions on clinicals. Yeah. Uh, my new launch, I can't do that yet. So what we did is we got influencers to be our before and after, you know? So we're kind of like, hitting a couple of stones with one yeah. or whatever the saying is, right? We hit like a lot of different labors. So we've got the content, we've got the, the reviews, we've got the before and afters. Um, and then the, the army of influencers that we've got can also be part of a perception test, right? Exactly. So we do a survey. So that's something that, you know, finding resourceful ways that are kind of attainable right. for you. But exactly, exactly as Dr. Raj said, like leaning with those important benefits of does it work? And, and what do people say about it? And visually, can you show totally. that as well? That's as, as a consumer, that's what we desire. And often the most powerful form is the most simple form, yeah. which is word of mouth. But sometimes as a new brand, you don't have a lot of that. So you've got to leave with this first. hundred percent. I point. agree. Yeah. I mean, you think about ourselves when I go to Instagram, if I see a very powerful before and after image, you know, that's going to compel me more than a text that's three paragraphs explaining you know a different type of algae and why it's good for your skin <laughs> so yeah it's so true <laughs> yeah. and then, i mean one more thing because because a lot of our listeners are really on this journey of yeah. potentially creating a brand or, yeah. or working in a brand and you know all the stuff we said now that that might be like tick tick written written great but now a cash dr raj i get that but like it's still hard i've got great products i know they're fantastic and people love them but people 
no one's like it's hard because it's so expensive with ads and you know retail is really saturated i might not not be able to get good retail distribution what advice would you give them yeah and i think that's huge and that's something we did you know pre-launch um sampling influencers in particular and you know there these days there are these expensive agencies that work with influencers but you know back in the day we had one you know one of my partners and i were just mailing out you know putting up things in nice little boxes and figuring out who were the best beauty influencers and not necessarily by the way the huge you know million plus followers but the really engaged maybe 200k or even less but influencers that you think actually will Mm -hmm. care and their their followers care what they have to say and um, so I think sampling is huge and it really is a way to get people to start talking about your product and trying it. Um, but yes, it is expensive. I think again, YouTube, TikTok, you know, all of these places are, are different forums where you can start to talk about your brand. Partnerships are also great. It's hard for a, a very early brand, but maybe yeah. you have some friends who are founders of or other other early, you know, brands that are not competitive. Yeah. Totally. Partner, giveaways, share. And you know, and one thing which is really not—I wouldn't say um, uh, that common—but some people are experimenting. I'm trying to get a bit of hold of is e-commerce sharing of like uh, so on our D2C sites. You can maybe sample on someone else's audience, and then you sample on theirs. So it's kind of like um, you know, you put a little sachet in them, yeah. and they put the same in yours. And those things are really easy. And and if you know the founder well and you want to collaborate, which is exactly what this podcast is about. That's, you know, such an easy way. So um, definitely the beginning of any business sampling without that kind of right. cost of acquisition is is really ideal. Uh, so when there's sampling via retailers, which often will just, you know, you just have to pay for the cost of good. Or they might even co-op it. Co-op means mm-hmm. they'll pay you a little bit for it. Um, but then you don't have to worry about the, the shipping or the, you know, yeah. finding the customers. Um, so there's different ways, I think, about being resourceful with your sampling at the beginning. And then, and exactly as Dr. Rao said, like, you know, with the full size, maybe sampling by influencers, right? Just getting it to as many people as possible. Because there was a study recently, a lot of people have found that the most viral content are like just mm. organically seeded and people yeah. have just tried it and then review it as opposed to that paid totally. content, which um, often disappoints you with the results of the the, when you post it and you're like, oh, I didn't get that many likes or views. Exactly. And by the way, just to point out, this is not necessarily relevant for early founders, but sampling remains to this day a huge, very important component of what we do. And, you know, you can be in Sephora or Ulta and, and sampling continues because mm-hmm. it's not like everyone in Sephora has tried Tula or know about Tula, you know, no. by, by a long shot. And that's... So, it remains extremely important. And I think I think that's a really important factor is there's always new customers yeah. to attract, to uh, nurture, and uh, even yeah. to re-adopt, right? You might also have a customer that um, has gone away from Tula, but then might want to come back to a new launch. So yeah. you've got to sample again. Um, and, often, and often people are like, how I, it's a mindset shift. Like, a lot of people like feel, oh, there's so many brands launching. I kind of sometimes always sort of find a positive of that. I'm like, well, yeah, there's so many brands launching at Sephora, but that means more customers are entering Sephora, meaning more customers true, are sample true. Or more, You know what I mean? It's how you Absolutely. think about it. Um, so I think that's like very, very important. But I want to go a little bit deeper into the current kind of core range of products. Um, so if anyone's listening um, and you know, they want to shop at the same time, maybe Dr. Raj, you can tell us a little bit about the hero SKUs and a bit about the differences behind certain other products. Yeah. So I think one overarching theme with all of our products, um, well, of course, they all contain probiotic extracts and superfoods. And so again, we're talking about healthy, good bacteria, um, these extracts applied topically to your skin, and the multitude of benefits. And it, and I mean, probiotics in themselves, I can sort of consider superfoods because they actually offer so many different benefits. They strengthen your skin defense barrier, and that means you're holding on to moisture more, so you have much better hydration. They have a very soothing, calming effect on the skin, and that's what I was going to say about all of our products. You're going to find that they're not, not only they're not irritating, but they really do have a a sort of anti-inflammatory soothing effect on your skin, so there's never redness. We have a lot of, you know, people who have sensitive skin and They've tried many different skincare lines without success, but then they come to Tula and they finally feel like they found a home because, again, everything has this really very beautiful, soothing uh, nature to it. But in terms of specific products, you know, some of our first products remain our strongest sellers today. And 
One of them is our uh, day and night, I have one right here, but our day and night hydrator. And this is our go-to moisturizer that you can use 24 seven, day and night. It's a multitasker, which I always love a multitasker. Um, and basically this is something that has a very lightweight texture to it, you know, sort of like a whipped texture, but super, super hydrating. And that's another thing that you'll find with our products. Nothing is going to be too heavy, greasy, dense. You know, I personally don't like products like that. And I wanted to make sure everything had a very beautiful sensorial experience, but most importantly, would help achieve results. So all the ingredients are clinically tested um, both before they get into the formula and after formulation as well. We have a new um, S6 Pro complex. It's not that new anymore, but which has the six refers to three prebiotics, three probiotics, um, and and superfoods as well. And that's the other thing. We always add, you know, a different collection of superfoods to every product because it really is this idea that the same things are good for your inside are great when topically applied to your skin. So many of these have really potent antioxidants. We have, you know, many of the traditional great uh, skincare ingredients, things like hyaluronic acid, glycolic acid. Uh, we have a retinol alternative. We don't have retinol, but we have something called bacuchiol, which is really gives you the same results without the irritation. So um, I would say, you know, for someone who is ready to try something new and hasn't had a lot of success with other skincare brands, what are, what differentiates us really is this calming, uh, anti-inflammatory effect. And then the power of the probiotic extracts, the fact that you're going to have immediate, you know, sensations of more hydration and, and more even skin tone, everything is kind of you know, smoothed out given uh, all of those ingredients. And and for people who want to just get started, I think a great way to start is with our core regimen. The cleanser, um, like I said, it became it's become the number one cleanser in the US. There's a reason because it's very um, gentle. You know, I end up having to wash my face sometimes four or five times a day on certain days, and it never feels over dried or stripped. Um, it's a very, you know, gentle foaming cleanser. It removes everything, impurities, dirt, makeup, and yet you still feel like your skin is smooth and supple right after you wash it. Um, then the day and night moisturizer, I always use one of our serums, whether it's our vitamin C serum or our, you know, um, age defense wrinkle serum. So we have an ageless line. I'm, I'm 51 right now, which is hard to believe sometimes, but, <laughs> um, but so I'm, you know, definitely using some of our ageless products as well. But yeah, we have something for everyone for sure. And the best thing as well is, is you guys, of course, you're in, we're going to talk about in a second, your distribution and they'll be amazing advisors. But, you know, people are just looking at themselves just online. You have incredible skin quiz as well, but people can then on your website get, and that was something that I think is, it's quite important, right? Because education is still at the core of everything you do. So being able to self-educate through an assisted form of a, of a quiz, I think is so important. Has, has that been a big success? Yeah, it really has. And I, I think if I'm remembering correctly, we started around COVID time um, and it really did um, take off because I think people understand that everyone's skin is different and, and what works for one person may not be ideal for another. And so a more personalized approach um, is important. And, you know, as the science evolves, we're even thinking of how are ways we can become even more personalized. You know, you talked about getting a microbiome test, you know, we're, we're, looking at are there ways that we can help you test your skin microbiome and, and really tailored approach. You know, this is used to be thought of as crazy and now is very much within the scope of what's possible. And, I, and I've never done that. That would be, I mean, I'm, I've done the, the stool version of the, you know, the inner microbiome gut out with the biome. Naveen Jane's a good friend. I've done all of that stuff and it's great like to learn, but I've never really spent time diving deeper into my skin microbiome uh, because I, I don't see many options for me that's easy accessible. So yeah, that's yeah, we're much. very excited about that concept. Um, but yeah, the skin quiz is great. Yes, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and in terms of sort of like your key core pillars, sustainability is at the core. Tell us a little bit about kind of your journey there. Yeah, I mean, sustainability is, I think, at the core for many people these days. It's a huge part of our consciousness. Um, and, you know, we, like many brands, have a lot of work still to do, but we're, we're starting on that path and partnering with, you know, companies that help, like TerraCycle, for example, that help, um, you know, recycle our packaging or planting trees whenever our packaging is made, things of that nature. 
But another very strong pillar for us is um, this kind of idea of spreading confidence and positivity in the world. And so we have this initiative called Embrace Your Skin that we started a few years ago that's become a core of our brand. And it really is this idea that, you know, we and I particularly as a doctor whose mission from day one has always been to help people make them feel better. Um, I never wanted to be part of a brand or a beauty industry that kind of does the opposite sometimes, which is making women or men feel insecure and therefore they have to buy the product because <laughs> they don't feel good about themselves. We wanted to really take the opposite approach and really build people up rather than try to put them down. So part of the the pillars of Embrace Your Skin are um, how we use our imagery. So we have no retouching in any of our skin imagery. Um, and our influencers that work with us on our brand know that they're also not supposed to do any retouching or any filtering um, when they're talking about Tula. And I think that's really important because, you know, especially as that's I have really I, important. Yeah. I have two young teenage boys, but girls or boys, you know, they're seeing so many images out there that are so unrealistic in every facet of, of life, but especially beauty and, and body and, and uh, I think it's really our responsibility for all of us, not just teenagers, but we all, you know, can be made to feel terrible when you're seeing such unrealistic things on, on you know, on the internet or on your phone. So we that was one of the really important things for us, our language. So we don't uh, say anti-aging. We say ageless because, you know, there shouldn't be anything anti about a very natural process that we are all going through. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, even before and after, you know, we like to say beautiful before, beautiful after. We don't, you know, want people to feel like, yeah, because there. I need to, I'm going to, I'm going to start doing, I'm going to, that's really important. I like that. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, especially when we have an acne line and you just don't want people to that's feel like. That's so true. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I was, I was thinking about it. I saw a TikTok. There's all these trends about glow up and before yeah. and after and TikTok. Yeah. And then you often see sometimes, right, organically, people will be like, oh, I preferred the before. Or, yeah. Oh, I preferred. Or that. And I'm like, there's something quite wrong about this, right? Like the before yeah. is inherently still you. Right. And at the end right. of the day, there was always beauty there. It's, and, and then you're always going to also divide, right? Some people are saying, I prefer before. Some people say, I prefer after. So in the day, it's like, well, you should prefer both. And I think exactly. that's what I love. Exactly. Because the beauty is coming really from within and, yeah. and how you feel about yourself. And, and speaking of how you feel about yourself, one of the, I think, really important things we did, um, this was about a year and a half ago, maybe, we did a study about negative self-talk and, you know, how often we speak negatively to ourselves. It was like an astounding number. We actually published the results in, you know, the New York Times, uh, New York Times ad, a full page ad we took out because this was such an important kind of moment for us. And I, I can't remember how many times, but it was like some 17 times in a day you say something negative or think something negative about yourself. And we wanted to really do this whole campaign about, you know, stop doing that to yourself. You know, we are our own worst enemies sometimes. And, you know, especially for founders, I think it's a very perilous journey. And there's so many moments of insecurity and and this idea of really boosting up your own confidence and, and anything we can do as a brand to help you do that, um, that's been a mission of ours as well. And also empowerment with communities. I saw, um, and maybe if you could tell us a bit more about the medical school pro scholarship program. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So we, you know, again, we want to spend, uh, spread positivity and, and balance and, and good health, both inner health, outer health, external health, mental health. Um, but, you know, during COVID in, in New York and America, um, we also, you know, really kind of dealt with the whole Black Lives Matter movement. And that was something that we couldn't ignore. I mean, no one could ignore it. But as a brand that sort of stands for confidence and positivity, it was something that we felt we wanted to address very directly. And so um, we, you know, I went to NYU Medical School. And, and one of the things that happened around the time of Black Lives Matter was also COVID. And, and one of the things that came out of COVID was a lot of racial disparities in not only who got COVID, but how they fared, what kind of treatments they got, you know, their death rates, their hospitalization rates. And one thing that really was highlighted, which we've known, but I don't think people thought about it that much, were real healthcare disparities um, based on race. And that was something that we felt we wanted to address. 
Um, and so NYU, you know, already has a program where they are really um, fostering or promoting fellows and medical students to do research in this area of healthcare disparity. And, and what do I mean by that? An example is, since we're talking about skin, you know, dermatologists are trained um, looking at pictures mostly of white skin. So, for example, to diagnose a type of skin cancer there in school, they're looking at all these different images of what do these skin cancers look like. But that skin cancer could look very different on a brown skin or an African-American skin, you know. And if they're not trained to look at that, they're not going to be finding it as often. And you're going to see higher rates in certain people, you know. So that's an example of where a racial you know, disparity in terms of what are the images that are in the textbooks can really affect people's lives and, and their health care. So that kind of research is going on. And we decided to sponsor some scholarships um, for students and in particular students that they themselves were underrepresented in medicine. So basically minority students studying, you know, minority research. Um, so that's what we've been doing now for a couple of years. And it's been a great program. And Again, very aligned with uh, what we want to do, which is make sure as much as we can in every aspect of life that there's a balanced uh, perspective. It's, it's so important. And I, I love that there are so many factors of the of your core principles as, as you, Roshni, but also like as the brand that yeah. kind of play and, and sing together. Yeah. Um, and I think that embrace your skin is actually one of the most important factors of it all because we're having a core philosophy that I think then kind of segments the whole brand into those pillars that you can't shy away from. Uh, it's kind of made me thinking, I think most brands should do that. I don't think we, I, I often don't see that as their own pillar, right? You have like sustainability, you have yeah. uh, um, uh, giving back, but you don't have like something that's so tethered to them, right? Like their own one. Yeah. And I think it is really important for every brand to have some kind of very strong, you know, mission or, or something like that, because on the on one positive about it, which is sort of selfishly good for the brand, is it really makes people happy to work there. Mm. And and I do feel like, you know, at Tula, our team is just, I don't, you know, every time I, you know, I do a video or have a meeting, like everyone is so excited and happy. And, you know, look, it's not always, you know, there's stress, of course, but for the most part, people are really excited because I think they really believe that we are doing something good, you know, and something important. And I think for a brand to just to, in terms of retaining great employees, I think that is very helpful. Uh, so it, it's not just about numbers and sales, but really, you know, keeping the team motivated. And I think having a right, the right mission and, and also people, of course, that share that mission. So choosing the right people in the first place, I guess, but it's, it's, it is motivating. it's so important and it motivates everything. Well, in terms of distribution, that well, where are you guys currently distributed for everyone listening? Yeah. So in the UK, we are at Space NK, uh, which is where we did our retail launch just uh, in September, actually. Uh, I was over there and it was, it was great. Um, and we have our Tula.com UK.UK website as well. Uh, in the US, we're all over the place, but I think UK is what's relevant to you. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, majority of our audience is the U.S. So, oh, um, well, then yeah. here I go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, then we're at uh, Sephora and Ulta. We are yeah. um, at Nordstrom as well, Neiman Marcus, um, and then our own website for sure, Tula.com, is a huge part of our business. And you're at Mecca in Australia, New Zealand. Yes, well, which yes. Is great, Thank which you is so for exciting. reminding me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen Tula everywhere. That's the best part is when you, when you feel, but it's still distributed in places that I think is the, you know, like make sense for the brand as well. Um, so it's really exciting. It's kind of like, it's a, from, for a brand like mine, it's like, okay, I look at like Tula, like best practice of like those, oh, are, you know, nice we're, we're in Sephora and, and, you know, it's kind of like, okay, if we expand later, we want to make sure we still do it at the right pace, not too, too yeah, quickly. You know, I, don't I agree. Go. Right pace is really important and waiting until the, the retailer is excited about you, as excited about you as you are about them is exactly. very important. And that takes time. So, you know, getting into Sephora on day one is not necessarily the best thing for a brand at all. I, and I, and I just, I did that. And while it was being great, yeah. it, it, you know, it only really now is like the thing two years later. Yes. Because now we're starting to get productive and we're starting to understand more shelf space. But at the beginning, it's, it's, it's a lot of investment and time. And that's yes. why we stayed exclusive with them for now nearly three years. It's just because even though Alt and other retailers are knocking on the door, we're like, 
we can't yet. We, we have yeah. to first get Sephora right, and then we can look into everything else later. Exactly. So it's important to take it take it step by step. Yeah. And and before we start just wrapping up to fire around questions, I have to ask you a little bit about um, the future of Tula. If you can yeah. share some of the exciting plans that you have in the horizon. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think you know. Global expansion is certainly uh, one of our major goals. And we've started, of course, uh, with the UK. And as you said, Australia, New Zealand, we're in Canada, but definitely have plans to expand even more. So really excited about that because I do think this idea of probiotics and the connection between the skin and the gut, you know, there's something called the gut skin access, is something that's becoming more and more universally um, understood and appreciated. And I think in Asia, for example, you know, as, as they're sort of often on the cutting edge of beauty before us, even, I think there's a real demand for that, for that concept. So we're excited about that. Um, and by the way, I didn't mention we did launch in China as well a few months ago. So is it via like a T-Mall or how is he launched? Yes. Uh, yeah. Through the T-Mall. Yes, exactly. Amazing. But, um, you know, that's one of our things, but the other thing, and, and I touched on a little bit is, um, you know, exploring this idea of, you know, the skin microbiome and personalized approach. And and just we're always looking for, you know, ways to better deliver the power of probiotics um, in our products. And whether that's different new strains or, like I said, more individualized, personalized um, probiotics for different people's skin microbiome makeups, that's something that I'm really excited to explore as well. And I also want to quickly ask, because mine's on its way, because I think it's coming from the U.S., um, your gut renovation okay. book because it's, it's coming in two weeks so I'm going to receive it I've ordered it on Amazon but uh, I, I want you. you to explain to <laughs> now of course I, I can't wait to read it thank you for creating it because I even regardless of the fact that I know you and we're friends now it's it's more like I would have definitely needed this read so I'm really excited um, tell us a little bit about about just what people can expect uh, from reading this book yeah absolutely so I'm just grabbing it because I want you Please, to see yeah. the the tool belt because that's really what it is. It is your toolkit um, on how to really take care and sort of reset your gut and your specifically your microbiome because we now know that your microbiome affects every part of your health from head to toe. And that's kind of, the book is sort of two, two parts. One is how does the microbiome affect your health? And I talk about, you know, the different skin issues, sleep issues, energy issues, food issues, metabolism, weight management. And then I talk about okay, we know all that. So what should we do about it? You know, how do you actually take care of your gut? And it's not all about popping a probiotic. There's many other things we need to be focusing on. You know, a lot of it certainly is diet. There's actually a bunch of recipes in the back, but it's not even all about diet. I mean, a lot of people don't know that, you know, lack of sleep can disrupt your gut microbiome and have, you know, effects on your overall health because of those disruptions. Mm. Talk about stress management, meditation, um, there's a lot in here and it's sort of a little bit of a cheeky metaphor, but gut renovation, you know, we think of you gut renovate your house or gut renovate your apartment. It's it's an American phrase. I don't know if they use it in, in England, but no. it basically means to totally strip out and, and redo something. No, I love and that. So each, <sighs> yeah. Each chapter is named after a room. So the bedroom, for example, talks all about sleep, sleep in your microbiome. The home gym talks about exercise and your microbiome. The nursery talks about babies and their microbiome and children and the kitchen of course talks about diet so so yeah i think it's a pretty fun easy read um and i think hopefully it'll not only will people learn a lot but they'll be motivated because i i hopefully give ideas and actionable advice that's easier to implement than you may think you know i'm not expecting everyone to hire a, a personal natural chef or <laughs> i'm not even a huge cook myself but i was able to you know come up with some great recipes that i think anyone could do and the, the, no you made it you've made it so thoughtful but also so fun to and it kind of goes back to that idea of how to creatively educate right that's i think yes. what you've just done yes. here is this creative when you just explained that to me i'm like i think Hopefully people really listen to that and give enough credit to how genius that is, the whole layout and setup. Thank and you. It's so Thank good. You so oh, so, so good. I'm so excited to read it. I'll yeah. let you know how I find it. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to share it with my friends too, because I think it's such an important thing that people, no matter what, you know, it's, it's in a read that I think is essential um, for everyone just to know. 
So yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Thank you. Last question before fire round is a desert island. So okay. it's going to be quite mean because you know it's coming. I'm probably, <laughs> I'm inviting yeah. you to a founded beauty island, but TSA is being super strict and they're saying, <laughs> Rishni, you can only bring one Tula product with you. What is your one go-to right now? Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, Especially in desert island, um, there's a lot of wind and sand. Uh, dryness. And, you know, my skin is being assaulted. Yeah. Dryness. Um, I'm going to bring our overnight. Uh, we call it beauty sleep, but it's our overnight rescue treatment. It's like a super hydrating um, night hydration cream that I've been using, you know, for years now. And that is, it literally is the thing I will not leave at home. Um, and we, we didn't have a mini version until very recently. So I've been lugging this really big thing around all over the world. Um, because it's the kind of thing where you can, you know, have a crazy wild night. Yeah. I won't get into the details of that, but you know, only sleep three hours, but if you've slept three hours with that on your skin, you wake up feeling like fresh and dewy. Like <laughs> you got 10 hours of sleep. Exactly. I mean, you might not feel like that, but you're going to look like that. Um, so I, I absolutely love that product. That would be my desert, desert island. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I, I think if you want, you could probably get some of your mini sets and just take, take a few in. We'll, we'll allow that. So yeah, it's great to have yes. mini. It's very important. <laughs> Uh, as a brand as well. Another going back to our sample, right? Travel size is a great way, yes. a great gateway for people to try the products. And if they love it, also just carry it and take it with them. So yeah, very, very cool. So three questions, five rounds, and then uh, I let you go and, and build, you know, build a brand. And that's what we're doing here as well on the side. Um, <laughs> yeah. So my first question is, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving? Oh, I would say right now I'm loving um, Too Faced. Just their lipsticks. I, you know, because I'm someone who like wants to put on a lipstick and still see it on my lips 10 hours later because <laughs> I don't want to, I don't even bring it in my bag. I that wanna... should be most people anyway, yeah. right? It's just less work and it's more sustainable. Less product, you know, it's quite better. True. Yeah. And they're just, I, I like bright, vibrant colors and they have a lot of them. Um, and I, I don't think they dry out my lips, which is a big issue. So, yeah, I'm a big fan. Nice. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite quote or a saying that you keep close to your chest? I would say um, everything in moderation, including moderation. I think it's a, a Mark Twain quote. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that because, you know, I live a very healthy life and, and everyone who knows me knows that. And I would say, you know, 80% of my meals are like mostly plant-based and I don't drink a lot of alcohol and all those things. But I still like to have fun and I still like to indulge at times. And, and it's, it's kind of funny because it's, it never fails that I'll be going to have a meeting with someone maybe that I don't know that well over a meal. And it's all about, you know, my career and health and wellness. And then I will order the French fries and they're kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> and you're like, everything in so, moderation. And then like, okay, okay. Right, including moderation. So sometimes you don't have to be moderate. Sometimes you can go a little wild. I think it's important. I think it's like all about, I, I, I like to live a life of like intention as opposed to restriction uh, and and routine and like forcing. Because I, I I know me, I'm not, I'm a habit, I'm very bad. Like I'm not a habit of like, was it a creature of habit? Whatever it's called. I'm very bad with things. Clearly, I shouldn't not be asked that question. Um, every time I, I try to say a quote or something, I'm like, is it this word or this word? I just make my own ones. Right. Um, well, you make your own. I make my own. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense, but it's fine. But yeah, I, I, I tend to just like intention. It makes it a lot, lot, lot less stressful, you know, the whole process of it all. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I mean by it. I just mean you don't have to be so rigid or inflexible in any of your habits. It's so, that's I think that, that last thing, like including moderation is very important. Um, and my last question is, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur or, you know, in, med in, in medicine, what would Roshni be doing right now? Wow. It's a tough question. I know it's supposed to be a speed round, but my answer won't be that speedy. <laughs> um, it's tough because I genuinely love what I'm doing. I can't really imagine doing anything else. And, and, you know, as Tula has grown, which it's grown tremendously. So I get asked almost every day, like, are you going to give up medicine? And my answer is always no, because to me, that is my true love and my core. And, you know, while I, I reduce the number of hours I'm practicing, I would never want to give it up. Um, and so to answer your question, what would I do? Let's say if I was not a doctor or doing Tula, 
um, whatever it is, kind of inculcated or taught from a very young age that whatever you do in life, you should help people. It's sort of part of my parents' Buddhist philosophy, I suppose. And um, so it would be something that helped people. And what would it be? I'm not sure. I might want to start, you know, another business that I think really provided some help for people. Maybe that would be, you know, a gut healthy food, for example, or, or, um, yeah, I, I'm, it's really hard to think about it because I've never thought of like not doing anything other than what I do. And I think, I think what you said is perfect. It's like you would live probably a career or life in that sort of giving back philanthropic, but it, it could come in loads of forms. I think I'll, I'll, I'll be the same. And in a way we are doing it, right? That's why we're doing what we're doing. We're advocates of some change and helping people. So I think uh, it's kind of like a catch-22 question because it's kind of like, it's a bit more of what we're doing, but just maybe not product, maybe something else, or maybe another type of product. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I love that. Oh, well, <laughs> it's been such a pleasure to speak to you. We can speak all day, but I know um, we're going to, you know, we're going to catch up offline. There's more and more to talk and I can't wait for that. But for those listening, where can everyone continue to follow you, the brand? What are all the links? So for myself, you can find me on Instagram at drroshniraj or my own website, gotrenovation.net. And for Tula, of course, tula.com. And if you're in the UK, tulaskincare.co.uk. Exactly. And then, of course, all the incredible retailers as well. But I'll put all the links in the summary so people can just go tap straight away. That's easy to access. And... um, well, till very soon, Roshni, I'm excited for our, uh, when I'm in New York next, I'll let you know. And if you're in London for a Space and K visit or something, you got to hit me up. Would love that. Definitely will. We'll, we'll make sure we're not very moderate that day. Done. French fries. <laughs> Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.